Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. Mike Connolly. Hello. And our guest, Eric Hoffman of, well, Pinchaloaf and Ground Fault, as we uh, just talked about a Ground Fault record recently, and you've heard us talk about them numerous times in recent listening, and uh, the Noise Project Spastic Colon. What's up, Eric? Hello, hello. Good hey. to see everybody. Good to see you. We are thrilled to have you on. So excited. That is true. Uh, yeah, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. This is great. An absolute legend. Noise legend. A hundred percent. Oh, there's no, no question. Uh, ground fault. Agreed. One of the hugest uh, labels, especially for, you know, for the three of us, you know, getting into stuff just with, with our age, you know, when ground fault was getting going, that's when we were like, it was just like, you know, it, it was so exciting and it was exciting for another series uh, you know, see, uh, you know, series label that was that was, you know, the uniform style a la pure, but but different, you know, but but your own take on it uh, and and revisiting the ground fault today, the ground fault CDs today is better than ever. Yeah, yeah it truly we, like broadened our perspectives and introduced us to people that we wouldn't have discovered otherwise. Well, good. That, yeah. was, that was part of my idea. I mean, I wanted to give some exposure to people that I'm sure a lot of people had never heard of. Um, and I hear that all the time. People tell me, man, I never, never heard this person before. And this CD is just awesome. So I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, f- you know, for us, it's, you know, the series three was certainly, you know, our entry, you know, and, and then once you then start discovering that you discover Lionel Marchetti and it's like, oh my God, this is like, yeah, never would have picked it up otherwise. Yeah, but, but, and I, and especially when we were, when we were kind of in our younger days, young maniacs, we were looking for the, yeah. you know, we were, we were looking for the sicknesses, but then we yeah. found Lionel Marchetti and Eric Lacasa. Yeah. And it's like, Oh my God, right. this is, this is so, mm-hmm. you know, incredible. Intense in a totally different way. Yep. Yeah. I, but I don't know that I ever paid attention to what series something was on in terms of making it a uh, decision and purchasing it, but, or at least I don't think I felt that way, but I did, probably gravitate more towards the series two and series three stuff. Uh, you know, initially when I first started buying the stuff and, and getting into it, like I think the first one I might've bought was, was uh sickness or ca- crawl unit or something in that, in that realm. And then you, then you start to see all these other things. So it's true. It's like, I, I certainly would not have heard a lot of the things without that. And what was the, what was sort of the idea behind grouping them into the series and, and, you know, series one, oh. two and three. I don't know. I mean, the whole idea was just to give a real basic kind of like basic understanding of what they might be getting themselves into before purchasing it. Because I, I realized a lot of the artists, people weren't going to know the names and um, wanted to just give something basic for them to go off of. But in hindsight, I hate the idea. I really do. Uh, I look back at it now. I think, man, that was one of the things I wish I wouldn't have done, but eh, you know, it is what it is. I did it. And um, I don't know, whatever. Well, it's kind of, but at the same time, it's kind of become like a a classic way to reference things, even yeah, things like, that we'll aren't on Ground Fault. It's like, oh, that's pretty series three. Yeah. Like, oh, that's you know, like it has yeah. kind of become in just in the in the world of noise. The the term series one, two, and three. I mean, everyone knows what that means. We oh, were doing hilarious. that yesterday. We were like, yeah, sometimes they're series two, but they can go series one. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, but I, I think it does. Even, even I do yeah. know what you mean. Like, you know, the the kind of 
you know, the 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 pros and cons of yep. grouping something together. But I, I I think it makes for interesting conversations. Mm-hmm. That's uh, funny. So yeah, I mean, I got into situations where there was just no way I could put them into a classification. They, because it yeah. was all over the map on some of them. And I don't know if the artists were just fucking with me, trying to make it difficult for me or what. <laughs> but, but I get things that, um, yeah, I just couldn't really classify. And if you look at the Crawl Unit one, it actually has a Series 2 and a Series 1 on there. Oh, oh it does? See, oh. If you look at the actually, that's and you look great. at I the packaging, to. they're actually different. Oh, see, I guess I never realized that. Like, where is it? Where yeah, is it? somewhere where is it? it's over there. Yeah, I guess because I think actually we were talking to Joe – because in my mind, I think I've always thought of that as a series one. Mm-hmm. Where does it say series? Which which one says what? I think on the disc it says series one, but on the packaging it says series two. And that was okay. not intentional. That was a mistake on my part. And it's because I had a hard time classifying it into a series. That, and that's yes. one of the reasons right away I started realizing that was a, a pitfall. And um, yeah, you know, I just had to run it's with it fun, because it's done. Fun conversation. Yeah. We were like... When now the one that I think is always a surprising one is the K two CD. Well, and he he actually told me, uh, you know, because I was expecting a series three submission mm-hmm. from him, and uh, you know, when I got it, he told me he wrote this letter saying, you know, this is unlike most of the work I've ever done. I've only done one other thing like this of this type of music, and yeah, it was totally series two, and I was quite surprised. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I think people, you know, I think people, I guess. I, it seems like a lot of the artists, when they were making their Gronfault CD, it seems it was very specific. It wasn't like they had something and then kind of like, oh, we'll just... It seems like they worked, they did something specifically for the label. Did you get that feeling from a lot of the artists? Um, yeah, I guess. For the most part, yes. So... But Gronfall, of course, is 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 later in in yeah. your mm-hmm. in your career of noise. Yeah, that actually uh, probably started in what ninety nine or two thousand. Right, right. Like that. Uh, but of course, internet says ninety nine. Well, if the internet <laughs> that's, says that's, that's about yeah. right. <laughs> um, but so let's go back before that. You know, leading up to to Gronfall, of course, you ran the Pinchloaf label, of mm-hmm. course, Spastic Colon. But let's just go back to the beginning. What what was your path to noise? Oh, the path to noise. <laughs> um, you know, the 80s were all about punk rock. Um, and I just was looking for more and more extreme music, I guess. Um, and then I think the path, like the, the introductory to noise was probably second annual report. Uh, Heck yeah. Nice. So that... And 20 jazz funk greats, maybe. I, I mean, once I heard Throbbing Gristle, I'm like, whoa, this is unlike anything I'd heard. There's, I don't see any reason for regular music anymore. This is it. And actually, yeah. soon after that, I heard uh, Masana, and that just completely blew my mind. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> this is insane. But um, yeah, that, that was uh, definitely the eye opener. I think Masana's the one that hooked me. Would it have been Shinsen not clitoris or maybe something else? Uh, could have been. I don't know. When was that destructive microphone uh, three inch put out? Was that around the same time? Oh, the five inch on Alley Sweeper. Uh, oh, yeah. Just mm-hmm. blew my mind. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, once you hit that, you're like, you start looking into it and you dive deep and you, you find out, wow, there's a lot of this stuff out there. And, yeah, that was it. I was hooked. Yeah, Destructive oh, Microphone so was uh, 1995. That was an early one for me because I was friends with uh, 
friends with a woman whose brother in law helped run that label. So I got, I got like a box. One of the earliest contradict things was I got a box of dead stock from him and I like mailed them out free with orders. Mm, wow. <laughs> oh, cool. Bet you regret that now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it wasn't just that it was like a Digislav and uh, that, that tribes of Nurat, that first CD they did. That was like a double seven inch. Originally. I think they did like the CD version of it. They did a bunch of uh, stuff, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't mind having those destructive microphone five inches back. Right. <laughs> um, so, were you? Are you California your whole life? Yes, sir. Born and raised. Nice, nice. And so, you know, you 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 hear Masana. You you know, you hear Thriving Gristle. You just start digging and digging. I mean, wh- were you in bands before Spastic Colon, or was that your first actual? you know, uh, sonic output. Does high school band count? I mean, I, sure, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, I mean, I. I I was always in music from like yeah. middle school. And then mm-hmm. I went to college. I majored in music and college was weird because I just wanted, I, I was finding that I liked the strange stuff at that time. I started playing like really weird things. I, I wasn't really interested in the standards and um, I could tell already I, I had an appetite for the strange and yeah. uh, I got it. Wow. <laughs> and so what, what then led to the even the thought of starting your own label, you know, a, you know, you know, cassettes, special packaging. I mean, wh- where where did that where did that all come from for you? I guess probably um, I don't know. I guess I'd been listening two or three years, and you know, coming from the performance part of it, you know, classically trained performance. I, I wanted I wanted to be part of it. That's it just mm-hmm. felt natural to me. So. Uh, George, the other guy in Spastical, and my my best friend at the time, uh, we also went to high school together and sat next to each other and played. But um, he he also wanted to get involved, and we just started buying equipment and you know making noise and doing whatever we wanted to do. And then I realized, well, okay, I like the I like the making noise, but I also like the releases and the the business part of it. I don't know, really drew me. Um, I think it all started maybe at Anomalous Records. I went and saw, mm-hmm. uh, I think it might have been The Haters and somebody else, but Eric Lancelotto was a huge influence on me, I think, to start a label. And um, he always had all the strange packaging and, and all that stuff on display at the shop. So, you know, I loved it. I, I think I was really drawn to the special packaging. I just liked the artwork of it and the individuality of it. And um, I felt, you know, I just wanted to dive in and do it all. So I just started. Why not? Was there a specific label or release that was specially packaged that was like, all right, I got to I got to do some crazy special packaging. Hmm. I don't think there was anything in particular that really triggered me. Uh, I think just seeing them all together laid out, you know, on the counter, it was like, wow, this is pretty cool looking. Um, but I mean, as soon as I, I met up with Koji, that was the end. I mean, he was oh the master. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know, there's nothing, nothing better. But yeah, so I just started doing very small additions. Um, you know, in the packaging, and Eric picked it up and started selling it. And to my surprise, they sold and they sold rather quickly. And he kept reordering. I'm like, wait a minute, yeah. we got something here. So let's do a couple more and see what happens. And it just kind of took off. You said you and George uh, started started picking up gear. What kind of stuff were you using 
early on to make noise? Oh boy. Uh, good question. I don't know what he had. No, he had bought like an Echoplex and I had some weird sampler. He used to use turntable a lot and um, he just had all these pedals and, you know, whatever. People just try a bunch of everything and see what happens. Right on. Now, a, a, a mutual friend, a friend of the podcast and a friend of the Groundfault label, uh, asked a couple questions, and one of those questions was: There is a rumored wall of special packaging <laughs> at your place. Does that still exist? Uh, no, that was prior to me moving. Okay. Uh, so, in my apartment, yes, I had a, I had all my packaging on display, which was really awesome. Um, but when I moved, I had to pack it all up. Put it away. Now it's all in storage containers. Well, I I read an interview with you in Blastitude, and there was a photo of lots of packaging on a wall. Was that yours? That, Do you? That was probably it. Yeah. Wow. It was, it was very it was, impressive. Um, it was probably 16, 18, maybe a total of eighteen feet in length and oh four my feet God. high. Yeah. I don't know. Can I share my screen here? Yeah, okay. definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. No, we were trying to enlarge the photo and like name that packaging. I was naming like... them. They were pretty blurred, but I yeah. was able to get, you know, a good amount of them for sure. Oh, great, great. It's locked. So you'd have to let me have that. Oh, yeah. oh sorry. Uh, I can do that. Yeah. So it, it unfortunately, I had to pack it all up in the new house. It's a big house, but it's an old house. It's 110 years old and it's got oh, wow. like 40 windows. So there's like no empty walls. Yeah. So I had well, no I think, place to store them to show. I say we I say board up a couple of those windows and uh <laughs> or just put them all in the windows. No, cuz then they get sun Maybe the they get sun. The, yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole ceiling. Oh, the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't see <laughs> yeah. how to uh how to do it here. Oh, I got it. It's working now. Oh, oh cool. cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that's oh, that's, it. A, that's a much more clear uh picture. So yeah, oh, we got Oh my god, yes. Oh, look at all that. Look at all the uh MSBR stuff, Acts of Faith, oh, classic. Damn. Wow. Yeah, we were trying to figure out what this the... Look, these look amazing. Records were on insane. the left. And that is like the <laughs> small percentage. <laughs> and I see Adventures oh of Modern Electronics. Four Shrines. Four Shrines. Oh, the Menchie MSBR multi-layering termination box. Is that an Gen- early hospital? With the scissors? Uh, all the early hospitals. Yeah. Me for a couple of them. Wow. Ah, this is phenomenal. Genital modification. Okay, I could just look at yeah, this, this all is day. Amazing. This is great. So yes, yes. Uh, while we will, uh, our listeners, we are drooling over an amazing. Uh, oh my god! Uh, of these special. So wait, was it like? Wait, is that is that a whole room? How did you? The so way these, this... are, these were like on different walls. Okay. So oh, this oh is just okay. A, these are pictures of individual walls. I see. That I see. I see. Together. Wow. Yeah, this doesn't really work very well on a podcast, unfortunately. You know what? <laughs> but you know what? For us, it works great. Yeah. We're so, thrilled yeah. right now. <laughs> well, maybe you can send me this and we'll uh, we'll post it so our listeners can take a peek at it and oh, yeah, play spot the that. cool record. We can, we can all <laughs> drool together. You know, uh, <laughs> Whenever when everyone drooling like that over gave, gave me an idea, not for a podcast, but maybe like a video podcast, 
like visiting people's uh, homes and oh, going through their collection has been discussed. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, yes. really? we, yeah, it was something we definitely discussed. You know, before as they say, all this went down. Yeah, right. uh, but it, I it was, actually it was de- did a yeah. kind of a rough version of it with you know Kyle Wright down in San Diego. Oh, yeah. I stayed at oh, his yeah. house and I went through his collection of video and stuff with him uh, when I was down there in January as like the first one of those. I was like, can we talk about your collection and collecting and then. I have a bunch of great video, but we didn't ever do the interview because I had to play a show. And then now this, you know, now we're where we are now. But that is definitely a plan to do uh, show off collections and and to discuss how people collect. Also, awesome. Yeah, we, uh, we did. Yeah, a it's, paid, it's sorry. I was gonna say it's rude to go to somebody's house and not appreciate their collection, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's like the first thing you do when you walk in. You're like, let me check out your books. Let me check yeah, out you your so records. Much, you got so yeah. much pride in it. You want to show exactly. Cinco has a great room too. He does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And, and Richard a, and Sean. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris is a longtime supporter. He's been he's been around from the early days. Yeah, oh, definitely. He's great. Yeah. yeah. He's a good guy, that one. Yes, he is. Um, so I guess for you, what what was special packaging for you? And as far as you making it, I mean, what what did you get out of the process? And, and how do you think it's? How do you think it relates to noise itself, and why is it so connected with noise out of out of you know any other? Well, I mean, if you, you look know, at form. it, it's it's kind of like abstract art. It's some of it can be pretty strange, and um, just like the music within, it's some of it's pretty damn strange. So, um, I don't know. For me, it was just a challenge, I guess, to say, all right, I'm going to put something out, and it's going to be 500 of them, and I got to assemble 500 of these stupid things. Um, so it was just a, I like a challenge. <laughs> yeah. And now, and, and now would you do like when the, when it says the edition, did you make that edition or did it sometimes like not get up to that number? As advertised, buddy. <laughs> so awesome. I feel, wow. I love that. That's so great. What was the most challenging special package? Uh, the most challenging and prop. Probably most fun was electro vegetarianism. I would say. Hell yeah, mm-hmm. dude. Yeah. That one, I love that one. You know, I look back Great. at my at my old, uh, you know, archive of all that stuff, and it's pretty funny. Oh, you have an unassembled one. I've been looking <laughs> for an unassembled one. I don't have one. Uh oh. Oh, Gray just hey. showed off his unassembled uh, <laughs> copy of that. Yeah, I have put it. The- I have put it together for display and then taken it apart again. Uh, awesome. <laughs> And actually, I just realized I don't I don't know if we specifically mentioned the the era that we're talking about now is Pinchaloaf, and that yes. is that is that right. is the that's the name we're under now. Yes, and we did talk about nonstop robotic fornication on yes, a seven on inch episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I mean, come it hurt on. my face. I laughed so hard. Yeah, yeah. How uh, great Buck, is it? Buck was amazing. That guy's hilarious. Great. How great is it to know that he was baking bread while you know assembling, <laughs> you know, cosmic know. bondage and. You know, seven inches inside vagina. He's just it's, waiting it's for his dough to rise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so that MSBR was was the most, you know, challenging. Most challenging and fun. Just like it, mm-hmm. I just let my mind run, and it was, just came out really strange. And I like the fact that you had assembly instructions with it. And, you know, I had to put it together yourself. <laughs> I think that's yes. a, a really great part of that release is that you it requires action on your part you do have to right. put it together and if you have one and have never assembled it to marvel at it it's 
I highly, highly recommend it. No, if you have one that you haven't assembled, contact me. I want to buy it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or and also contact uh, Mike at Noise Extra. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, we got a Yeah, we do. Now, did you do this all in your? You said you in your apartment, or did you have a studio space, or did you just kind of have your whole place taken over by assembly? So my apartment was definitely ground fault. I mean, it was. Mm-hmm every space you could think of it was a, a nightmare actually all the all the assembly so i was a custodian at the time so all the assembly i would just mm-hmm. haul it all with me to work do my assignment and then have just hours and hours of time sitting alone in the classroom wow, and just assembling that's great. things yeah <laughs> wow did, did anyone ever like come in and see what you're doing or like nah. No. <laughs> they're like let him be <laughs> yeah, he's got yeah, something I mean, going on there. it's at night it's oh, yeah. it, was like over, it was like overnight oh yeah mm-hmm. until 11 o'clock so it was oh, uh, wow. the night shift so when did you start getting in contact with people outside of your immediate you know people that you knew like when did you start getting in contact with koji smell and quim etc so that must have been i don't know 90 96, 95, maybe I would say mm-hmm. everything happened really fast. Actually, mm-hmm. um, you just go to shows and you meet people and oh, talk to this guy, talk to that guy. And pretty soon you got this huge network of people. But I think by the time we went to Japan in, in 97, I mean, I had contacts all over the place. That was it just blew up. 96 probably was the biggest time. And it was like I. I guess it was email at the time, but most of it was writing letters. I mean, letter writing was how we did it. I have a lot of letters too. Oh, you do? Oh, no way. That's awesome. Yeah. I love the letter writing. Do you, like, you keep, you have, well, pretty much one of everything that you've done still? Or, I mean, you like you said, you're looking for an unassembled MSBR, but Uh, other than that, do you you keep one of everything at least? Right. All the uh, numbered editions, I have the number ones, and I just... That's all I have. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Mm. So tell us about Japan. Now we've Tara's uh, our way back machine expert, so she's she's constantly on the MSBR site, and there's some yes. great pictures from when you were over there. Tell us about that tour. I mean, who did you guys play with? Did, uh, no, did you did it? Was it just Bassett Cohen, or did you go come with anyone else from the states? No, just us. Okay. And it was absolutely incredible. That was a, a, an eye opening trip for sure. And. We're a couple of knuckleheads. We don't know what we're doing. We, we take all this equipment with us, like massive amounts of equipment. And then we get to Japan and we realize like it's packed with people. The trains, you can't like navigate with all the stuff. There's no elevators. You have to like carry all this stuff up and down stairs. And we're like, what the hell did we do bringing all this equipment? <laughs> but um, yeah, we played uh, probably like five or six shows over there. We, we were all over the place. Um, we played with... MSBR, of course, because Koji hosted us, uh, Government Alpha, Kazumoto Endo, Mitsutani, uh, K2, uh, Masana played at one of the shows. Wow. Um, so cool. Mad Max. Matt, oh, oh, Matt, oh, Mag Max? Max yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, cool. Seedmouth. I don't know if you know Seedmouth. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Seed We've Mouth recently is, been loving yeah, Seedmouth. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, uh, Joe Colley talks about mm-hmm. uh, playing with Seedmouth. And I think yeah. maybe even said he said, I can't remember. But well, actually, one 
kind of mysterious Japanese artist to us that we've been really interested in recently is Crack Fierce. Did you? Oh, yeah, did we you, played. You play? he was, no yeah, way. Yeah, he was. He played at almost all the shows when we were there. He, he was on the bill. Oh wow! How was it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember. Of well, course, it was. Of it, course, was of it was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah, amazing. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I'll I'll say right now it was amazing. You know how it is. You go to a new town and it's like you're in Japan, so all these people yeah. are like trying to talk to you and you can't really pay attention to anything. It's just too much. Of course. It's such a whirlwind, yes. but he's yes. he's so fascinating because it feels like he, from like ninety six to ninety nine, a ton of stuff, and then just like nothing. Uh, right. So it's just uh, oh, total mystery. Yep. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that that was, must... a, you know, the best part of that tour was going to Koji's house uh, in Matsuyama. So uh. I know I know Daniel Minchi was there like the year before us. So he kind of mm-hmm. told us about it, and and uh, we went to his house, and his mom was like super nice, like. She gave Ugh. us our own room. We get there and there's like a, a bed laid out with a brand new pair of sweatpants. And like, like it was just, the hospitality was incredible. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it was just, <laughs> it was incredible. And, um, yeah, you know, it was good to see Koji in his, in his environment. And he had like, mm. that's where he kept the majority of his collection. So he had just tons of, of releases there and a bunch of stuff that hadn't been released. And it was just quite an experience. And I got, I got to meet his wow. girlfriend, the one that does all the packaging. Uh, she was she was another one that I didn't even really know the, the situation with his packaging until he, he showed us. Mm-hmm. And she you was actually might be on all that. Yeah, we were actually unaware of that, too. Actually, Andy Bolas uh, yeah, is the one who told us, told about, us about that. We were unaware of that, uh, that she was kind of behind a lot of the packaging. Right. She uh, was, she's just, just so an artist. Cool. She had this cool little artist space. And yeah, she used to do all that. Crazy packaging for him. That's phenomenal. Oh, it's so yeah. cool. And when and when you go over there, you were probably over there for what, probably two weeks. Yeah, it, se- about it right. seems the style as you go over there. We somehow the, the three of us have actually never been no. to Japan, uh, but it seems the style as you go over and you play a show and then you have a couple days off, then you play another show and have a couple days off. Were you were you just were you hanging with with Koji and with a lot of these oh, people during those off days? Absolutely. Yeah, like, I, I just remember going with. Um, Gomi, Danger. Yep. Oh. We went to some uh, karaoke place like two in the morning, just <laughs> drunk out of our minds, <laughs> bouncing off the walls. Oh. I think we were singing like some Pantera song or something. It was awesome. Amazing. Oh, <laughs> uh, that sounds. Oh, uh, that, that sounds you know, incredible. A lot, of, a lot of going out to dinner and you know hanging out with people. We went to Solmania's apartment. I forget his name. Masahiko Ono. Yes. Went to his apartment and uh, that was just incredible. His apartment, which you can see in Kingdom of Noise, or is it Good Alchemy? It's the Kingdom of Noise where he has the video of him. There's in one, it's either Good Good Alchemy or Kingdom of Noise where his footage is him in his apartment, like just like jamming his, you know, insane guitar. Yeah. And there's his cat. Is is his cat gets his cat gets freaked out, runs away. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What about what about uh, Mon Brutes? Did you get a chance to meet and play with him or no? No, never got to meet him. Hmm. Never got to meet him. I'll tell you though that um, Portuguese Man of War tape. Yeah. That episode. I, I uh, agree with oh, you. That is awesome. Yeah. It's, it's so killer. What a yeah. what what a incredible release. Uh and so just oh yeah. He's he's one of our absolute favorites. And yep. you know, what a what a what a loss, you know, obviously rest in peace. Uh, and obviously yeah. and of course obviously Koji and Koji you know, Akafumi. I didn't even yeah, hear about that yeah. Koji. Yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So did did you did you play with did you play with Ob? Uh, no, but I went to visit him. We went to yeah. Um, yeah, went down there to visit him. I mean, talk about packaging. I mean, come on, that's oh, some of the greatest. The gross tapes? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's like, like one of the you know big inspirations for me. Yeah, yeah, they don't look like they were made by a person. They seem like they <laughs> yeah, are manufactured. So like... like it's unreal. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I'm yeah. very fortunate at that time um, when I started doing a lot of trading. I was very tight with him on the trade, and oh wow, used to, oh, I got so many incredible gross cassettes. It's I just I go through them and I look at them. I'm like, oh my god, these are awesome. They all have the same kind of uniform feel. I mean, they're mm-hmm. not identical, but they have the same type of feel to them. Uh, they're was that the only time you went over to Japan? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it was a great, wonderful trip. Got to see. You know, I did a lot of tourist stuff too. Look, look at the temples, and I think they even took I mean, us to yeah. a bathhouse once. It was oh cool. Yeah, it was just incredible. No, but that Japan's obviously a really, really the the main country that we're dying to go to someday. Yeah, and because we, I want to do all, we want to do not only noise stuff, but exactly see all the temples. Mm-hmm. You know, go get, experience the food. I mean, everything. It just, it just. Uh, I tell you, if fascinating if place. If it weren't for Koji, we would have been completely lost because there's no English version of any signs, and it's like yeah. because it's not the same alphabet. So you're looking at it, and it's like all just a bunch of nothing to me. I don't know what it means. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we were we were watching so we were watching a movie not too long ago, and and I did I did I right after we watched it, I and it took place in Tokyo or whatever, and I I wrote Dom, I'm just like, what is it like? And How he's do like, you he's navigate like, anything? He's like, it's, exactly. it's unlike yeah, no anything idea. you've ever experienced. Yeah, no matter how many different countries you've been to, it's it's there's nothing like it. And, and, yeah. and he built, loved it. And he loved it. They built Tokyo to be intentionally confusing, I guess, because of the war. If people were to come, if troops were to come in, they wouldn't know where they were going because the streets Mm -hmm. are all like tiny and twisty and unmarked. It's like, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I would have been lost in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And, and, and and so many people probably have a very similar story that you do that Koji just really took care of them. And so many people we know, you know, they, the, he's the reason they, they got over there or, or he mm-hmm. helped them get over there or he hosted it or, or et cetera. So just for so many things, it's just, just facilitated so many yeah, things yeah. of so yeah, many different natures. When he came here, he stayed with me and oh, good. Well, we did that. So it's, it's great to have him here. We had, um, I think who else? K2 was here. Oh, wow. Um, I brought seed mouth over. Cool. Oh, wow. Um, Casamorando, yeah. or was that? Because I know Killer Bug Tour. That might have been before, actually, though. That might have been. Like, yeah, there was a, there was a couple groups of people that came over. I don't uh, remember which one that was. Well, but. there's an MSBR Spastic colon 12 inch too, right? Yes, there is. Yeah. Heck yeah, that is a that is forever in the stacks. I can I can pop <laughs> it out right over there. One of the classics. Um, so what about the what about the states then? Who who were you? You know, besides Eric Lanzalotta, who were some of your, your who's your crew kind of in the early days? Um, early days would be like the local West Coast guys. Um, like in the Bay Area, it would have been Joe, Collie, and uh, Randy Yao and Scott Arford, that little that group of guys. The Seven Hertz crew. Right, right. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, that place is incredible. I was going to say, did you play there? Did you stay there? I didn't play there. I just, every time mm-hmm. I was up in the Bay Area, I'd go to Seven Hertz and hang out with those guys. And, um, Hell yeah. yeah that, that space was amazing. It's, it's a shame it had to go, but, you know, things don't last forever. 
Yeah. But uh, so in LA, I guess it would have been like Romero was a big, uh, a big friend, local friend. Um, I don't know if you know Jeff Brandon from Finn. I don't know how active he is, but I, I haven't really talked to him in many years, but he was definitely someone we'd love to hang out with. Jeff is an amazing guy, super talented, like really creative guy. Um, and then AMK moved down here. So AMK was another one that we used to hang out with a lot. Um, uh, I, I used to be part of AMK actually when, when, oh, really? when wow. he was here. Yeah. So it'd be Damien, Jeff, myself and AMK when usually in the, in the LA shows. Are you, oh, like the live shows, any of the recordings or just the right. live shows? Uh, I think mm-hmm. I'm on one or two of the recordings, but no, the live shows. Those are all the Pinchalove did AMK, did an AMK. Yes. Are you on that or is it just him? Uh, I think we are actually. Cool. Very I cool. I think people on that one. Very cool. And, yes. and and I think when we talked to Scott, I think Scott Arford, I think he said he met you in person at the NorCal Noise Fest, if I'm not mistaken, or that's what he, yep, that he recalls. Sounds, sounds about right. What, what was, well, I, I just feel like the importance of meeting in person back, especially back then. I mean, you know, was that, was that something that you guys were always kind of looking for? Like, uh, the, that in-person meet, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's like the only way to really get to know someone and gauge who you're dealing with. I mean, you can read a letter or an email or something, but you don't truly understand like who this person is until you meet them, have a conversation with them, share a beer with them or whatever, hang out. So yeah, in-person meeting is, was really important. Now, uh, the, the uh, same mutual friend who asked about the uh, wall of special packaging, uh, you went out, to the East coast at one point and actually stayed with said mutual friend, uh, back in the late nineties, I believe. Yeah, we did an East coast thing. Mm -hmm. So did you, what were you out there for? Uh, okay. There's a couple. So we went out there with, uh, to perform. Mm -hmm. We did a bunch of shows out there, but I went out just on my own at one point just to get in the car and drive around and meet people. And, Oh, wow. So, these are people I've been dealing with for years and years and I've never met them face to face. You know, I've been for other label, label bosses, if you want to call it. And, uh, you trades and correspond all the time, but you don't know. So I just wanted to get over there and go meet people. So I just drove around from place to place and hung out with people. I love that you did that. Yeah. Who were some of the people that you ended up hanging out with? I have to assume, uh, Ron um, Sard would be one of them. It did. I did see. It was right when Ron's new store was. It wasn't complete yet. It was almost done. He was just about mm-hmm. ready to move in. Mm-hmm. So I, I saw the old shop, um, but then yeah. So I saw Ron. And we went to his apartment and showed me all his collection. Just drooled all over everything, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Dominic mm-hmm. uh, hung out with Dominic. Uh, went all the way up and saw Pat. Oh, yes. cool. Yep. Uh, went and saw Chris Goudreau. Actually stayed cool. in his house with his parents. Ah, uh, cool. Yeah. And, uh, who else did I go visit on that trip? Man, that was a long time ago. Well, it, actually, it sounds like you had a pretty, a wide variety of places to stay because you had a, a nice house uh, there. And as far as I know, you stayed in a dorm room. Uh, with Dominic, with if Dom, that's... yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's wild. That's wild. <laughs> you know, this is, that was one of the benefits of of mm-hmm. doing this. 
I felt I could go anywhere in the world and have a place to stay because mm-hmm. especially like when I went to France, um, I had all kinds of people I could stay with. Um, I stayed with uh, De Philippe, stayed with uh, uh, Guionet and La Casa, you know, just like, wow, there's always a couch to sleep on or a spare bedroom. It was awesome. That's so cool. Um, and in relating to that dorm stay, uh, another burning question was, do you still have the crawl unit shirt that you were wearing of course uh, I do. when you arrived? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh. Right there. Oh, oh my God. Oh, that is the one he, sick. I don't know if that's the one he's all That is out. absolutely <laughs> the one. Oh, oh my God. I've never oh, seen sh- this one. Shut no, he was up. talking about the other one, but wow. Uh, I got to wipe the drool off yes, my microphone. Yes. Oh, my. He, that shirt is a big topic of a conversation. You have two crawl unit shirts. Uh, Romero has that uh, speaker snake. Oh, one. Does he? Yeah, yeah. I've seen, mm-hmm. that's, I've seen that one on Romero before. Yeah, I'm glad you guys get so oh, excited nice. about my stinky old t shirts. <laughs> all it takes. Yeah. But no, I mean, there. that was especially, I mean, especially when we were. History. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, especially when we were all touring a lot more, the the three of us, you know, yeah, that was the just staying at people's places. That was kind of like the best part. The the show sometimes was almost like the thing you had to go do so you could get back and listen to the records that, you know, go through everyone's records Mm -hmm. and go through everyone's CDs and just like. And just kind of talk and watch something weird on mute yeah. while you like played a record. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> still some of the best memories. Are those are those memories to me? Definitely. When what? when does Pastor Colin play the East Coast? Oh, before that or after that? That's a good question. I don't know yeah. where in the. I don't know where that would be. What year? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe well, might have been. About the same time, it yeah. must have been like '98, maybe. Probably yeah. after Japan. That's so sick. And now, when did you kind of see spastic colon operations? I mean, there was. This seems to be around like maybe the split with Bastard Noise. Is yeah. Near so the, yeah, Bastard Noise was another one that was uh, we hung out with a lot in yeah. LA. Um, Eric and and Bill. And uh, Barnes, all those guys, um, mm-hmm. pretty much. I think that might have been the last thing we put out in 2006. I don't know. We probably stopped performing, I don't know, 2005 maybe. I don't know. It just kind of died out. It's not like we broke up or anything. Right, right. Yeah. Just kind of like, yeah, for whatever reason. Stopped for whatever reason. We, we, go, we got busy with our lives and, you know, other things happen. And Were you on tour in France? No, that was another just trip where I went to visit people. I, so at that time, there was there seemed to be a lot of people on Ground Fault that were French. I figured I'd go over there and, and meet all these people. Uh, there got to be so many French artists that AMK told me I should rename the, the label to Le Ground Fault. He <laughs> 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 used to make fun of me about all these French guys on the label. <laughs> and and that, that's, that's kind of weird how, yeah. you know, you meet people and you, you hear other things and pretty soon you just take a different direction. And, and all of a sudden I got really deeply into all the French stuff that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I never planned on all that to come out on ground fault. I, I look at the original list of artists that I targeted when I wanted to start ground fault and there was no French guys on there. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. it was really weird how it, it just kind of 
takes its own shape and starts moving on its own, going different places. Well, so how do, how did that start then? How did you kind of start getting in touch with the the French crew? I, you know, I don't know who was the first one. That might have been Eric may have turned me on to some of these people. He used to do a lot of, uh, you know, like Metam Kane, he used to deal with that that label and uh, Sonorous and all these, you know, he had all these contacts with the French. So I don't know if he introduced me to some of these people, but they would send me material and I'd listen to it. And, you know, some of it just really, really turned me on. I'm like, wow, this stuff is awesome. And I, I really fell in love with all the French artists and started releasing a lot of them. Well, you certainly exposed me. Uh, yeah, and I think you exposed a lot of people to a lot Good. of those artists. Good. And, you know, uh, that was, that, like I said, that was the idea. And I wanted it to be, I wanted them to be reasonably priced and um, easily identifiable. That would have been the whole idea behind the this uniform look in the series. Um, I just wanted people to take a chance and pick something up and if they like it, you know, without breaking the bank. So Heck yeah, so achieved. Well, so yeah, so so pinch a loaf kind of so what about 90, 97, 98, 98 is the last pinch a loaf. Um, does that sound right? Yeah, probably 98. It sounds about right. Yeah, so I guess what was the thought process from dissolving ending pinch a loaf to beginning ground fault? Where did the idea for the, the uniformity come in? Just I think I was just ready for a change. I wanted to, like, like I said, I wanted to do something that I could make more widely available, um, larger editions, um, a better price, and just make things, you know, more available to people. And I figured the best way to do that would just, you know, do thousand piece editions and sell them cheap and get them out there. So, you know, I, I kind of regret ending pinch loaf to be honest i mean there were still so many artists that i wanted to release and i had so mm-hmm. many projects that just never happened but i don't know i, I started ground fault and i realized i could do something pretty cool with it and actually it just took off and i, I just there's no way i could have done both I've, I've always worked 40 hours a week and had a job and mm-hmm. have to do this stuff on my spare time so it was uh, pretty much impossible to, to do both labels simultaneously. Somebody said that you were a conduit for CD manufacturing. Like, what what does that entail? Was yeah, that so, a third job? Oh my god! And that was actually the most time consuming job because that got mm-hmm. to be that got to be insanely crazy. Uh, so I was lucky enough to come across some very good vendors out here, and um, I was getting very good pricing. Because I was doing, you know, I was doing the groundfall CDs. So I was doing batches mm-hmm. of three at a time, and you know, I just, I just met the right people, and started doing business with them. And then I realized someone asked me, "Hey, you know, can you can you make some CDs for me? I want to put out this release." And I'm like, "Okay, sure, I can do that." And uh, I think actually MSBR might have been one of the very first ones. He wanted to do oh, a CD, nice. and he wanted me to send it to Japan for him. I'm like, "Okay, it's kind of crazy. The shipping is going to be expensive, but it's still way cheaper than him doing it over there." Wow. So I don't know. I just started doing it for people and that just absolutely exploded. Once I started advertising that I can do that for people, I had very good pricing and no one could touch it. Yeah. You so, pressed a couple of CDs for me uh, back in the day. <laughs> yep. It's amazing how many I've done. I, uh, 
Wow. The, all the, the, a lot of the hospital stuff I know. Huge list. Almost all the hospital mm-hmm. stuff, um, all the Tronic stuff. Um, the list goes on and on and on. And the, and but you don't do that. You don't continue to do that, do you? No, the CD market dried up for the most part. Mm-hmm. And there and there's some some vendors out there started doing really small editions. Like there, so you, in this manufacturing plant that I've been using, you do 500 pieces minimum. So a lot of people don't mm-hmm. want that many, even though it was like super cheap. You know, you could throw away half yeah. of them if you want. But um, now a bunch of places are doing 200. You know, with full digipack and. Yeah, I just can't compete with that. I can't do that small number. Yeah. So were there were there any are there any ground fart leases that were intended for Pinchloaf? Mm, ground fault releases that are intended for Pinchloaf? They, they, like ground fault that, that were <clears throat> releases that were intended for Pinchloaf, but that you ended up no. putting out on ground fault. Rolling no. them over. No, I made a I made a clear cut between the two. Mm-hmm. I actually I sent a letter to a bunch of artists that I was interested in working with. I had a big list sent them a letter saying, hey, you know, I'm ending Pinch a Loaf and I'm starting up a new label. These are the people I want to work with. Um, if you're interested, send me some material and, and we'll see what we can do. So it who, was were some of the f- who were some of the first people that you put out uh, a- as ground, on Ground Fault? Well, the first three, the first batch of three was um, uh, Zipper Spy and um, Hartford, I think, was the third one. And La Casa was the second one. Oh, cool. so, so sick. Now that list, how, how many, uh, didn't happen that you had hoped to happen? Probably um, a good amount or I don't know. You seem really on it. I feel like you like make it happen. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, man, I, I was making a lot happen. I was very <laughs> busy for a while, a few years. Yeah. With, it was just crazy. But, um, I would say half of the people I originally reached out to, actually happened i guess yeah I had probably 30 people i originally sent to and i think um probably half of those and then there's a few of them that i actually had that were ready to go that just didn't come out i don't know i i there's quite a few titles that i really should have put out and i just didn't do uh would you care to share any of those titles or are you keeping that close mm-hmm. to the chest yeah i had like the unreleased uh, I had a uh, haters CD, which was a definite series three. Oh. I love the series one. <laughs> I two would and imagine three is, that's part of the noise lexicon. I love that. Oh, series. absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So the haters, uh, Toy Bazaar. I had a Toy Bazaar master sitting there. Uh, Rudolph Eber and Joe Plans. I had a. Oh. I think that actually came out on uh, maybe Blossoming Noise or something. I think I remember uh, that actually got released at some point. I had a flutter. I don't know if you've heard of flutter. Oh, from oh Michigan. flutter, ab- flutter from Michigan. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Legendary. Oh, that would have been so sick. Do you know if that came out on anything? I don't know, but I have oh, the master wow. down there. Wow. <laughs> uh, Bob Marinelli. No, Bob oh, Marinelli. classic. Yeah. Well, oh, it man. Flutter. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, it is yeah. split tape with flutter. Split tape with flutter. Absolutely. And I had an MSBR K2 and Karkowski thing. Whoa. Yeah. What? You can just wow. send that over here. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the the biggest one that didn't happen was the Suckless Yogan box set that Dom and I were working on. Yes, we do know about that. Uh, we'll probably edit this out, but yeah, yeah, that is that is that is 
one of the saddest things. And don't want to twist uh, any knives. Just, I, we were absolutely editing this out. Didn't you also try again recently? Yeah. Uh, to see if it, and I think he did too. Yeah. And uh, that's, but it was like ready to Damn. go, right? Oh man, we went through ten different incarnations of it. I worked Dude. so hard on that thing, and it was like the trigger. We were ready to pull it. I, I, liner notes were all done. Booklet layout was all done. Packaging was all done. It, it was ready to go. I mastered. Are you kidding? God, I mastered those things for hours and hours and hours, and it was going to be epic. Yeah, it's it, it, now I it's remember, the most rare thing. Yeah, I, I, mean, I remember edition when it was, zero. I remember when you guys were working on it. How it was just like the most exciting thing, and then just pull yeah. that rug. You know, whatever. Kevin had a lot of um, a lot of thoughts about it, and he had a lot of. Uh, apprehension about going forward with it and you know whatever his reasons are that's fine i mean i got no hard feelings and yeah of course of course it yeah. is what it is it was just super disappointing because that was yeah. something we, we worked really hard on and it just would have been one of those releases that is definitely legendary oh yeah yeah we yeah. I mean, gotta cut um, it out this is well you know we don't want to we don't want to like you know like you know we we, we try to keep it we keep it clean we don't want to we don't want to bum anyone out or anything yeah. you know yeah. so yeah. maybe it'll still happen again maybe maybe It'll happen again. I don't know. Everybody write your congressman. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Come on, Kevin. It's okay to have records out there where you say, let me see those titties. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's what the world needs now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, how how often were CDs coming out? Uh, how often were, were oh, Ground Fault releases coming out? Oh, Ground Fault releases? I thought you meant yeah, like yeah. Uh, the brokered ones. Because yeah, I had yeah, like, 20 at a time going. At the, it was like, it was insane when you were doing the broker stuff i must have easily done over a thousand jobs for people wow i I was go scanning through the list it's wild like you you did a lot i vaguely remember part of the uh, deal being that you could offer a slightly better price if you got copies for distribution as well right yeah people well it wasn't better price but um yeah i mean people would give me copies for distribution or we you know i buy them from them or whatever. I mean, there was all kinds of different ways we could work something out. Wow. But I mean, it, it, it's all part of building the catalog. I mean, I, the catalog I had was ridiculous. It got so huge. When you start trading like that for years and years, and it's amazing how much stuff you acquire. I'm still trying to sell it. <laughs> Are you organized? Like, like what's, your, what's your system? You seem I, organized. extremely organized. Yeah. Look, I can I can tell I can say I, all of us can can attest if you order something from Eric Hoffman, a it's going out that day or Absolutely. the next day, yeah. and, and you know depending what time it is, and it is there's no like oh I can't find this it's it's all there. No, we've had people like yeah. email us like I can't believe how fast I got yeah, this. Yeah, can you, yeah. That's yeah. wild. That's, that's one thing I pride myself on. I work mm-hmm. very hard. Once people pay me, I'm a mad rush to get it out the door. I mean, yes. wow. my wife can attest to it. I get home and I fill an order and I'm chasing down the, the postal carrier down the street looking for him before he drives away. Wait, it's in the mail today. It's, <laughs> it's great. Now, did you always, were, did you always intend to, to do a dis, to run a distribution or did it just happen by just getting so much stuff? Uh, I think it, I think I kind of knew it was going to happen. I don't know yeah. how else you can do it otherwise unless you're William Bennett and you just refuse to trade. 
And right. you've, got, well, you've got a product that people really, really want, and you could do that. I mean, well, mm-hmm. absolutely. And and actually, Groundfall is where I got a lot of the Susan Lawley CDs, uh, for sure, for sure. You know, Cruise and Birdseed, and it was that was I think one of the greatest. I remember being so excited about Groundfall because of that, because those were difficult to get, and only a handful of distros right. would even get them. Right, uh, and loved, you were you were the main one. I absolutely loved White House, and. Um, yeah. You know, I reached out to William, and we had a we had a really good relationship, business relationship uh, going, yeah. mm-hmm. and I, I sold a lot of that stuff because, yeah, no one had it, and I wanted to make it available to people, even though it was expensive. I and mean, people don't want to pay twenty bucks for a CD, but if you want it, that's the only place you're going to get it. I mean, I was paying like seventeen dollars for the stupid thing, so I wasn't making any money. I just wow. I wanted to get it out there for people. Yeah, and we appreciate it, and I can't For imagine real. how many people appreciate it and certainly got got all that from you. Um, but but did mo- the majority of it come from trading? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So you were doing the, the brokers thing. You were, like you said, you were doing just an insane amount. How how many ground fault CDs were coming out? What was the rate you were, you, those, were those were coming up? Uh, so I don't know. When did I do it? From 99... Or 2000 was the first release, 2000? I want to say 99 because because government alpha is definitely 99. It has to be 99. So 99, when was my last one? 2006, maybe? There's 35 of them, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. But I mean, were you... You were churning them out at least a couple of months, basically. Well, I used to do batches of three because I I had the whole pricing, you know, one for eight, two for 15, three for 20, and I wanted to do batches of three so people would pick up the three new ones for 20 bucks so i usually do batches of three and was that i mean just directly inspired by pure the yeah i mean the concept of the uniformity of the packaging was definitely inspired Mm -hmm. by pure i think i definitely didn't want to do the exact type of thing i mean pure Mm -hmm. is definitely a lasard product i mean you can tell that (laughs) is that is rr no doubt about it so yeah i just I just worked with Randy on the design and he was, you know, he's super talented and he came up with something. I was going to say, yeah, we should, should give credit to Randy at this point for he designed all the, uh, all the ground fault series one, two and three CDs. Right. And yes, took the did. photography that was uh, manipulated for awesome. the covers. Yep. And all those little texture cracks in between each, uh, between the white and the, the colored part. There's like a little texture in between. Yeah. I think he mm-hmm. did all those on a Xerox machine. Like, I don't know how he did them, but. I heard a rumor that all the uh, all the actual textures for the crack textures and stuff for the covers was uh, makeup photographs of uh, makeup palettes. Do you know if that's true or not? I have no idea. Okay. I don't know where you got the cracks. It's a good. That's a where good is question. this rumor? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm, uh, I'm actually pretty sure. I'm pretty sure a specific. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm pretty sure a specific one is makeup cracks, uh, but I don't know if I'm not. I'm not 100 sure if all of them are, mm. but that would be cool. It might. It might be. We will have to talk to Randy about it. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, turned it loose on uh, Randy and let him have at it, and he just kept him coming. The guy's awesome. I mean, he did all that for free, and he just wow. wanted to work with me. Yeah, he's definitely a good friend. I, so, I really but- appreciate what Randy did. Did you uh did, so did you handle all the design for all the pinch loaf things and then when it yeah. came to ground fault just let Randy run wild with uh, his vision yeah. for it? That yeah. Role. So all the pinch loaf stuff was just me except for the endo seven inch when he sent it to me and it specifically said make no changes at all to the cover. I'm like, <laughs> okay. I guess it's coming right. out like super basic 
seven inch and, and that's what happened. <laughs> kind of strange, but um, I, I look at all that old pinch look stuff and it's funny because I, I got all that old splatter paint look on quite a few. I'm like thinking like probably four of them. Like what, what, what's with the splatter paint? I don't know where that came from. I don't know. My artistic ability isn't, isn't definitely isn't the best. <laughs> did did Walklet send you the pictures yeah. uh, for, of the robot the yeah, robot heads the nonstop robotic fornication yes <sighs> so good love that I one. love that we actually we 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 I think we the color that that seven inch is actually a colored seven inch but it's hard to see especially our our apartment we we always have lighting pretty low yeah. so but when we looked at it in like the sun one day or something and it was like oh it's we actually like, oh, purple. purple like purple. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, was, no like, one idea. it took like years to realize <laughs> that it was purple i love that though we like dim lighting but, but the one thing i do love about the ground fault series is while there is a uniformity to them the the there is actual unique artwork is is the right. insert so mm-hmm. which i think was that something you yeah, you so- I yeah. wanted the uniformity on the outside and I, I wanted the artist to be able to contribute to artwork as well. And so I gave them the inside two panels, do whatever you want to do, color, black and white. I don't care. Uh, come up with your own thing. That's why they're all very different on the inside. Obviously that's the own okay. artist, their own touch to it. I love it. I, and I think that's what sets it off. And I think it's always so, so cool to see what, what everyone, you know, contribute to Sometimes it's a ton of information. Sometimes there's Nothing. still no information. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's such a great, you know, it's such it's, a great idea. And it's funny. That's why the spastic colon CD never came out on ground fall. We just never why were able it? to come up with artwork. <laughs> that's why you never did it. <laughs> Some, something so ridiculous. Oh, right? I, I could have just left it blank and put it out, but yeah. So there's uh, a spas- there's an unreleased spastic colon. Yeah, I didn't list that, did I? Yeah, I didn't list Uh-oh. that. Actually, but there is pa- it, part of it came. It yeah. is coming out. Well, I heard a rumor there might be some spastic colon coming out. You heard that rumor? <laughs> I did. Yes. So uh, it, it will be released. Yes. Can you drop any details? Uh, yeah. Uh, my good friends at Tronics still reached out to me and said, "Hey, you got any unreleased spastic colon you want to put out?" And I'm like, uh, "As a matter of fact, I do." <laughs> So awesome! He, I sent it to him, and he loved it. Him and John were just like, "Oh my God, yes, we want to put this out." So, but part of that did come out on the on the hospital tape, Combra. Right? Isn't there isn't there a snippet of it on the there, there White actually, Eye of Winter is watching? Yes, there is one track that I gave to Dom. So you know, we had this thing kicking around for like twelve years. I don't know, it was sitting there forever, and obviously it wasn't going to come out. So Dom asked for a track for that compilation, and I, I sent him one of the ones we had already done. And now. I guess, I don't know. I guess we can still put it on the CD, but I might have to go back and see if I can find something else. And I don't know what I'm going to do yet. We'll see. But that's that's exciting. I can't wait. So, I mean, yeah, yeah that's a pretty good list though of the unreleased. Do you know if like the haters came out on anything else? Are you aware if know. any of that stuff came out on anything else? Uh, he he probably did release it on something else. It was the Derwin, like I think it was that. I don't know if it's the calculator grinding or whatever. He sent to me. I don't know which one it was, but um, he probably released it somewhere else. We'll have to uh, ask him. We'll investigate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, when did you get in touch with Phil Blankenship? How long have you? How long have you been working with Phil? Uh, he's just one of the. Actually, you know what? No, I, I. He was living up in Oakland, I think. Wasn't he? Yeah. He's he was Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I. I think he had been ordering for me or something, but uh, when he moved down, then I 
I probably saw him at shows or whatever and, and just met up with him. But uh, GX was another one that I, I, you know, just met up in the scene going to shows and he was another big influence. So, of course, yeah, Phil, I mean, Phil, I've been working with Phil. I've worked with Phil a lot. Um, he was another one that was just doing a ton of CDs, all those Tronic CDs. Yeah. And then John Weiss was another one who, when he moved over, um, worked with him a lot and played with those guys. Heck yeah. Awesome. Now, Groundfall comes to an end. Yep. What was the decision to just finally call it a day? Uh, when was that? 2006, he said? That yeah, I think right? 2006, yeah. I don't know. I just, uh, I don't know why I stopped. It just stopped. And then I uh, bought a house and got married and life changed completely. And you I thought mean, you were out, but then we pulled you back I in. Yeah, my life changed a lot and I love it. Uh, my wife's been awesome. I mean, I, I, she sees all the craziness I go through and how busy I get and she puts up with it and I, I appreciate it. But um, <laughs> Awesome. Is she a Spastic Colon fan? Uh Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she, she used to go to our shows. That was awesome. Kind of cool. yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, cool. yeah. She was very supportive. Now, uh, 2006, was that when you shut down sort of uh, maintaining your own catalog and website uh, presence as much? Because now you're predominantly so on Discogs. Yeah. Um, I, I think I kept going with the trading and all that for a couple more years. Because I had a lot of merchandise I had to unload. I needed to, I can't take it with me. I don't want to just sit in here. So, and that's what prompted me when I found Discogs. It's like, wait a minute, this is actually kind of powerful. You know, love it or hate it, it's a, it's a pretty powerful platform. That, mm-hmm. that database is huge. And the way it targets people, you know, if they have it on their want list, you list something and, you know, you could potentially sell it within an hour if it hits their email and, yeah. They're like, okay, I'll dig it. So, yeah, so I pretty much just sell on Discogs, and I was quite surprised at how well I did on Discogs. So, well, nice. we I, think- just, I just want to get rid of everything. I don't, I can't take it to the grave with me. So, that's what I was going to say is we think you should be completely out of ground fault stuff. Yes. Like, and that, that is, is the that goal. Is a, that is one of Noise Extra's goals is to, <laughs> is to uh, wipe you out yes. of your entire back catalog. I well, haven't heard one that's not solid. Yeah. Oh, you, absolutely. Like you can just blindly get it. That's the thing yeah. in which we recommend we everyone do. do. Yeah. Just blind. I actually right now, you know, it's going to happen once we end this. I got it. I got a couple in the I got a couple in, in the, the cart. cart <laughs> that I'm like, yeah. I don't. Uh, we what? were going through the list. Think, like, what are we missing? There's I think like one two. I know. No, but yeah. then, but then there, I mean, there's still a lot that I'm not, I just don't know. And, and it is a lot of that series one stuff. I'm just mm-hmm. not, I'm still not familiar with some of the artists and I, it's just always exciting. Well, I, I am. So I've, I've always wanted to release a complete set, ground fault box set. Yes. I think it's going to happen. Awesome. Um, so I'm, I'm a, I built a lot of furniture. Woodworking is like a major passion of mine. Awesome. I would be making a custom wood box, um, all the new, all the titles, plus all the bonus material. So quite a few of them had the first fifty copies came with a three inch CD. I don't think we. We don't have any, any of those with wow. the three inch. What? Which ones? Do you remember some you of them? Didn't order sickness, quick enough. 
Ice apparently not. Sick, sickness was one of them, right? I bet Sienko's got one. Yeah. Murmur was one of them. Guilty Connector. Oh, boy. You're testing my memory now. But anyway. Vertonin? Yeah, we'll check it out. Vertonin? Vertonin, Vertonin might yeah. have one, yeah. So I want to um, compile all that material as, like, some bonus discs to come with the box. And, um, yeah. Well, there has to be some. I so mean, even, even looking at your listings. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will just prove <laughs> yeah. that now. But in in the listings, I mean, it seems like there are some that you're. Are there any that you're completely out of? Literally one copy left, or do you kind of stash so a I, handful of some? I stashed a box of each, and I really screwed up with Marchetti, and I. Oh, just like <laughs> I think I sold them all. It's the one I'm missing. I've got, I've so got like five really? copies that are bulk, like unpackaged. Mm-hmm. Um. I think I might actually repress it. It it is truly it may be the greatest Groundfall it, CD. Probably, it's probably definitely one of the best ones. Yeah, and, and I get the most demand for it. And I'm going to need some fully packaged and shrink wrapped versions of yeah. the box set. So I'm thinking I might have to do a short, small run of it. I have luckily I have tons of the uh, printed material for that. Oh, good, awesome. good. Yeah, awesome. so it's just a matter of making the discs and packing them up. I mean, it's it's always been a favorite, and it's I, one I know those... we talk about it so much. Uh, I I would imagine people are who don't have it are, and especially dying to since get I'm it. selling everything for so cheap now. I, I mm-hmm. you know, at, at this time, I'm selling everything for three bucks a pop. So it's yes, it's like it's nothing, wild, right? It's free. Yeah, it's yeah. As, as we say free. on Noise Extra, it's it's practically free to get some ground falls. Yeah. Yes. So I, just do it. Like I said, I'm not out to make a ton of money on this. I just want to unload it and. When I when I get out of the city one day, I don't want to take it with me. I don't want to pack it one more time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's good to know because there is there is definitely some 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 classic ground fault releases that you don't have listed. And so I assume those are the some of the ones that are just down to the yeah. the ones you have stashed away. La Casa sold out very quickly. Yeah. Um, that one's that's one of probably the, best. the first one that went out. Uh Purient went out. Yeah. Uh, sickness went out pretty quick. Uh, Menchi probably. Menchi, yeah. Marchetti, yeah. and um, Bastard Noise. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> those bit. all went pretty quick. Oh yeah, man, and so rightfully so. If you know Bastard Noise and you know their logo, the skull, right? Yeah. So look closely on the Ground Fault CD on the cover. It's there. You got to look real close. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> oh wow, really? It's a teeny tiny little skull, but it's there. Should I go whoa, grab it? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> we have to we have like three now. You know what? I don't we have like three sections where we, I know. We, we, we're we're the worst organized people. Like there's like a ground fault section the there, there's a ground fault section right there. there. There's a ground fault <laughs> section there. Really? Yeah, so it would be too uh, hard to do right now. Fine. But yeah, we're we're like we're the most we're 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 not organized. We're uh, like we're like half organized. Yeah. Uh someday we will get fully organized, but uh, right now, it's like I don't mind if that doesn't happen. Yeah. We keep all our toys well, out I so we can play with love, them. I think I'm the on the government alpha uh, episode where Tara like had the realization that it's the one, two, three lines on the disguiser. Oh, She's yeah. like, for twenty years, I don't think I realized that. that like, I discovered that. I was like, oh, I just thought they were that there. Is, that is one of the things of good design when, when you do like Ugh. it. Just you just living with it. It's always there, and you almost don't even like think about what. 
what well, it represents. Well, that's what we discussed, like, that oh. that's good design yeah, that's when right. you don't even yeah. realize it. I'm staring at it right now and it's so obvious, but before I never like correlated that they actually meant, because I knew what the series were. I, it's yeah. so ridiculous. But you, you also, <laughs> you also worked with Randy uh, doing the, how do you pronounce the label, Tara? You, you pronounce it. So the Alska, Alskatar. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was, and you, you worked, you, you worked with him on, on that, on that label, correct? Yeah. So yeah, there was, I mean, there was other collaborative label, um, releases that I did. I did that with, uh, Randy and I did that with, um, Dominic, um, right. Errant bodies. I don't know if you know, Brandon LaBelle, errant bodies. Yep. I did some stuff with him. Uh, those were books, book and CD releases. Uh, who else did I do? I don't know, but yeah, there was collaborative releases going on too. So, man, there was a time when I was really busy. There was a lot happening. <laughs> it seems like it was just wild, wild between the distro, between you know, the, the, yeah, the brokering, the brokering. And, the distro and the just running the label and putting things out. It was and a full time job. And a job, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you basically had like four full time jobs. Yes. I uh, I love staying busy, and I love working. So. Bring it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, so sick. Hard work never hurt anybody. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> but you but you did kind of, like you said, around 2000. Do you remember what the absolute last ground fault release is? Uh, I'm trying to 34 think. 34 Frock. Who's the last one? Uh, Frock. Yeah. Francisco Marino. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great one. Um, and, and then, yeah, so now... In this time since then, I mean, did you ever get the itch to start it up again? Or oh my or... god, yes, yeah, <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> especially recently. I mean, going through all this stuff that I've I've been finding, like digging out old stuff, preparing for this. It's like, yeah, wow, I, I I can't believe some of these ones that I had that I didn't release, and yeah, part of me wants to, but I don't know. I don't want to put out a brand new release and sell it for three bucks. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely worth more than that. Yes. Um who are some, what are some of the best collections you saw in your travels? Like like who had some of the just the ones that you were just like drooling? Uh, Ron, obviously. Yeah. I mean, uh, that dude's been in the scene forever. I mean, he's uh, wow. he's the re- he's the godfather. He's yeah. the reason we're yeah, here in a lot of ways. You know, I mean, he's what he established and what he what he started was the ramifications are felt to literally this day and will continue to be felt. There's no question. When are you going to have him on the show? Someday. That's, that's a big, that's a, he's, he's the number one on the want list. I mean, he's literally yeah. number one. I'll tell you, kind you of, guys, you guys are really onto something pretty awesome. Oh, the man. show I've been listening to a lot of noise extra. I hadn't, you know, oh, thank just you. in the past couple of weeks because I started getting this flood of orders and I'm like, what is <laughs> going on? Oh, that makes and us so like, happy. And it's yes. all ground fault titles. And I'm yes. like, okay, yes. something, something's <laughs> happening. And then someone mentioned the show and I'm like, I got to start listening to this and I'll tell you, awesome. I'm loving it. I've been listening to all day at work. That's all I'm listening to now. Oh, awesome. perfect. Good. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It's good to hear. I'm, I'm happy that we can uh, I love that. do the soundtrack to work. And when people like support people directly, like labels and artists, yes. like it's, it's so easy to not do that. And like, I love like, you know, making the effort to really like keep, keep the spirit alive and keep everybody making new art. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'll tell you, you got no shortage of people you can talk to and releases you can review. <laughs> that's the Hell thing. Yes. Oh, yeah. Believe me, that's how we feel. Yes. Uh, we and, can do this we, forever. 
and we yeah, that's, and we that's love kind of doing it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Our know, initial you, list. You always sound so enthusiastic. I don't know how you do it. You're talking about <laughs> we are because we are because it's crazy. Can't help it. You talk about it for an hour. It's like, what? Oh, you, it, you can't help it. You don't it. hear the thirty minutes we talk about it before we record. Yeah, it's still more. I mean, that, and that's as enthusiastic. And our like text we're, chain we're texting all day. about it while we're listening to it, and and yeah, yeah it, or it the never week ends. before when we decide what we're gonna do or something, and then we're just like listening to like, oh man, this record's so good. I can't wait to talk about it like we there's there's a lot of excitement it's uh oh, i love it it's it's noise it's it's as exciting now as it was for me when i got into it and yes so that's that's why it rules it's like it doesn't that that freshness doesn't have to go away that excitement doesn't have to go away and if it has try listening a, a different way you know that's and that's kind of what this is is an exercise mm-hmm. in really focusing on some of these releases and now focusing on talking to the people that were involved in propagating this sort of scene that we've all become a part of, especially before, you know, kind of before our time, but what laid the groundwork for noise as it is now is, is all of this important stuff. Like we talk about ROM, but also ground fault and getting this stuff out there. And I think that's one of the reasons we hype up the $3 CDs that you can get from UF Discogs is because these things laid the foundation in the early two thousands. And now you get a chance, you can check it out. Someone in 2020 that's never heard, you know, uh, Afflux or whatever, you can go and, and grab that CD and check it out and dig into it. And I think that's really special. Yeah. Yes. It's super inspiring. Like even looking at, at what you did, you know, like that, that inspires us in ways of, you know, just different ways to think about releasing, um, you know, somebody's music, somebody's art. Oh yeah. Actually, I did want to, I did want to talk about that because something about ground fault that was unique was the, I don't know, for lack of a better term, professionalism. I mean, there was barcodes. Yeah. There was, <laughs> now was that, was that, I guess, what was your thinking behind that? Of I, of I kind wanted, of- I totally wanted a legit product. So the barcodes, mm-hmm. I was targeting bigger distribution. I wanted distribution because, okay, like Amazon and some other stores required a barcode. If you want mm-hmm. their product sold in their platform, it has to have a barcode. And I could see, the importance of a barcode, especially for big distribution. And I, I just had to integrate it into the design. It just, it just seemed like a requirement to me. Um, no, it totally legitimizes it. Yeah. It's great. And was it, was it successful? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I sold a lot of stuff. I mean, as far as like getting him into those places, I mean, were you able to do that? Yeah. I mean, obviously I've only pressed a thousand of each. It's not like it got, massive distribution or anything but sounds sounds massive to me <laughs> no definitely not because I'm, I'm still slinging this stuff right so, of course of course yeah yeah but you uh, were able to get him into some of the you know bigger chain type places and stuff like that yeah small numbers but you know that's took cool. a shot was there a label that you were that kind of inspired you to do that or was it just in uh, just in general you wanted to to do that no, I think it's just one of the thoughts I had that I wanted as part of the product. I think it's awesome. I mean, I think because I, I think one, I think elevating the underground that way is so important because you know that's that's what brings more people to the underground is to get it out a little bit, get get those, you know, peek it, you know, get a peek at it in these bigger mm-hmm. places, and then all of a sudden you find, you know spastic colon special package tapes because you bought, you know, uh, you know, Eric Lacasa CD through 
you know, at a borders or something. Yeah, like there's that. room right. for both. You know, and, and that's right. we, we, we talk about all the time the importance of of those of relapse and and that mm-hmm. for for right. us. You know, that that's what brought us into the underground, and and I think that the 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 labels and the bands that can kind of you know shine a light on it it, it only elevates uh underground art because all think. you need is that one taste and yeah. then you're in yeah right that's what happened to me <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah there's equal More place for the edition 20 tape pa- you know packaged in a block of concrete and the thousand piece cd available at walmart like the those <laughs> those things should coexist in the noise scene. One they're different, but one's not better than the other. They're equally important things to me. Uh, I have a question, Eric, that maybe you do, or maybe you don't want to talk about. And I think I've mentioned it to you before, but I am uh, perpetually curious so we can edit this out. Uh, assertive order of obedience. Assertive order of obedience. Oh, is that the, uh, is that the Nile thing? It is the, uh, was that fuck TV? Uh, no, that no. was prior to Fuck TV. The, well, the assertive order of, of obedience is the end denial uh, tape on, I believe, Labyrinth. And you are on the cover. Uh, your back is on the cover. Oh, yes. God, I totally forgot about that picture on the cover. Yes, that is me. And that is my back. Uh, completely destroyed by the, the flogging that I got on uh, live television in San Francisco. <laughs> Whoa. So yeah, so when we went up and played um, this Pain Factory at the time, yeah, so it, was pain, it was the pre-fuck TV. It's on the Pain Factory, right? Yeah. So it was Finn, Plastic Colon, Nile, as those three, I think, that played that night. And um, Nile brought his girlfriend, and she's like a dominatrix, and she wanted uh, me to be part of the show. So I agreed, and proceeded to get the shit beat out of me and uh yeah that was uh fun (laughs) we went out drinking we went out drinking afterwards and i was at the bar and i just my back was just on fire so i went into the bathroom and pulled up my shirt and the entire back was just black like i was like what the hell happened yeah that was just something you decided to do that day basically yeah (laughs) yep that was a one-off thing. It's not a regular gig for me. <laughs> was it itchy when it healed? Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds so itchy. <laughs> that was one of my, I, th- I think that might've been how I first came across your name was buying that tape off of Labyrinth back then. So. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Wild. My introduction to the pinch loaf uh, world was through your wow. back on the cover of a, of a tape. <laughs> <laughs> I still have that tape. Yeah, I just <laughs> recently got to watch that when you, when they reissued that uh, whole box set. Oh, yeah. So, oh, man. As, I essential. I, I got to watch that. and I'm like, oh, my God. I can't believe I did oh, that. It's so great. <laughs> and, and, and you know, we, we, we talked to Scott a little bit about it. I mean, that was live. That went out live as it happened. It's right. so insane yeah. that yeah, that yeah, went out so live. Cool. Oh, it's wild. That's got to be what a Every cool thing. week. What was I the remember. vibe in the studio like? It was, like, super tense. You could tell. I yeah. mean, this was definitely a live thing. The, the, yeah, the nerves were definitely... Uh, it was going. It was interesting. You could feel the wow. tension in the air. It was, you know, these guys. It's just Arford and uh, Michael Nine. So <laughs> <laughs> just doing whatever they can do to make it happen. But that was fun. That's so cool. Was there like was there studio people there that weren't like that just worked for there or did it? Did they, do you remember? 
I don't think so. I think it was just yeah. them. I think that's how like public. I honestly, I've never done a public access thing, but I do think that's how it works. You just kind of like you get the time yeah. and you get the you're like, in. You're just you get to do whatever you you do. I mean, yep, yep. Obviously, obviously, Michael is someone that is on our uh, in the in the top of our list to to talk to. Of course, want list. Um, you guys got to have a huge want list. Oh, I mean, it's it can, it's forever, really. Yeah. You were on it long before you agreed to do this episode, Eric. <laughs> oh, you you were on it. You were on it. Like you were one of the first people. We were already on the list. like, could we take a road trip to yeah, Long yeah, Beach? Well, like, yeah, what because, are we gonna... and at the time when we were in person, we were like, yeah. well, he's we could probably meet up very easily. Yeah. Another mover and shaker is Steve Underwood. That's another guy you should. Talk oh, about. we are. Of we he is certainly on the list. We are. We are all. Uh, we are all. All have have had good times with Steve Underwood. Yes. Steve Underwood he, he almost a, poked my eye out. Yeah, oh, how nice of him. He, yeah, yeah, he he, he, he was th- DJing, <laughs> and he threw that little like center thing, you yeah. know, for seven inches. He threw <laughs> it to the audience, and it went in my eye. Yeah, oh my yeah, God. yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't see. I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, lovely memories of Steve Underwood. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that guy's another busy one. He he is always into something. Oh my god! He's a maniac. He he drove he drove me on multiple tours with with multiple bands, and I mean the dude. Not only did he was he the last one asleep, he was the first one awake. He had mm-hmm. probably already gotten gone out and gassed up the van. Yeah. He, 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 oh, and also he definitely drank ten times more than anybody oh, on the absolutely. tour. Yeah. But but it didn't yeah. ever affect it. Never affected. No, always the same. His work. His. Yeah. And he would always, and he would, he would wait because if he was driving, he would wait till where when he was, he he was always responsible when he would wherever yep. he try to park where it's gonna stay the rest of the night, and then he could just do it. He's gonna be up. There's no questions. There's no like. He was just an absolute, absolute maniac. Yes, he is definitely. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, he's he's one of the. And then, and thinking about him driving the double decker bus, That's insane. which is what he did during the day. So not only he would drive the double those double decker red, do anymore, but... red uh, you know, yeah. UK buses around, and then drive a bunch of American noise maniacs <laughs> around for his, when he oh, for his off time. Like I mean, it's tons just of like, money in that. Oh, I mean, oh, Slowed. dude! If you if you thought that if you thought that that dude was gonna even we we would we would hide money in his pockets. He, he would not take. He I mean, take dude, it. oh, yeah. he no, is yeah. just one of the one of the uh, and just the things he put out, the things he brought over. Yes. I mean, the things the things he brought over to the UK. He's inspiring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, did you go over to the UK and, and meet him, or did you meet him when he's come over here at all? Or I think I. Yes, I did meet him in the UK. I went to um, the Extreme Music for Women show. Oh wow, cool! Right, yeah. I think I think White House was supposed to play and they canceled again. I mean, all the times I went to see White House, they canceled. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, met, I met Underwood there, and then I met him. I think at No Fun, he was out at No Fun. Right? Oh, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah he was. He was there when you were there. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah man. I, oh no, he, yeah, he's. Amazing. I think I might have met him out here too in LA when he came out once. Great, you. That's when, isn't that when he set up a show that you that you we played? Did, yeah, we did that show at uh, Complex with me, uh, Damien, Cherry Point, and Weiss uh, that Underwood had like booked, and was it was because he was out here hanging out. So it was a Harbinger Presents show in LA, which, <laughs> which by the way, totally ruled. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, of course. You know, that's another thing I was doing is booking events and bringing people over. I had 
whole bunch of French people that I brought over for this thing we used to do at Beyond Baroque in um, Venice. In Venice. Yeah. And you know, I brought a bunch of the Japanese guys over. And Oh, so who, who are some of the people we brought over specifically? Uh, the French guys. It was uh, Marchetti yeah. and... and uh, Mikasa? Oh, my God. I can't think of who it was. I don't know. I forget who it was. But, um, <laughs> you know... Yeah, talk about busy. Think about wow, it now. I just don't know wow. how I did it all. <laughs> <laughs> and were you were you predominantly doing shows in Venice and L.A. and the L.A. area, or were you also booking stuff up in the Bay Area? No, just just in L.A. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The Brian Baroque place is cool. I don't know if it's great. Is that place still? Not no, that I, I mean, know. I know of. now. Who knows? But I yeah, don't I don't. Know. I don't even know where where it uh, where it is. I mean, I know it's like. Yeah, I, I played there, there in the mid two thousands. Oh yeah, uh, but I don't think I've done or seen anything happening there since I've been out here, which is a decade. Yeah, it was a cool space. Any any uh any top show memories or top set memories? It doesn't have to be the number one of all time, but is there any that really stick out that you were just like? Oh man! Like, damn, that, that was, was fun. That was a set. I mean, I'm sure there's so many. Oh, there are so many. I think when Masana came out, that was yeah. just an epic show. You know, I got videotape of that entire show. I got to transfer that somehow. Oh, wow. yes, you do. That's your new yeah. business. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> actually, actually, it's funny because uh, <laughs> because a couple people I've been talking with recently have some old VHSs of some insane shows that I would build a time travel machine to go see. So, hey. We got to get all the VHS together. Yes. Yeah. Oh, then, man. Uh, I, yeah. Mersbo wow. was out too once. It was, uh, I'm not a huge Mersbo fan, but um, live, it was something special. I mean, when mm-hmm. just that feeling it through your entire body is just such an awesome, awesome experience to feel extremely mm-hmm. harsh noise at super loud volumes, just like penetrating through your entire body. It's, it's amazing. Was that when he was touring with Masana or a separate time? I think it was a separate time. Mm. Yeah. Nice. He had the Bluetooth dancers with him. Okay. So it was oh. that era. It was that, yeah, it was like yeah. the trio, the power cool. trio. Right. I mean, we, we all, we all got to see him a few years ago in LA and it just mm-hmm. like you said, I mean, it was yeah. truly one of the greatest live sets I've ever seen. In my I remember who was here with Masana. I think it might've been Hedro Kaidan. Oh, I think yeah, because there. I've Gray. I think you have a flyer, um, oh, maybe, isn't it? Yeah, I do. I have I have a, f- a flyer for that uh, Hidrokaiden Solmania. Was it Solmania Hidrokaiden? Yeah, Solmania, yes. And Masana show, yeah. Yep. That oh, was like, ouch! Oh, that sounds amazing. So yeah, that was a fun one. When uh, when CCCC or Mayuko came over, did you see any of those shows? Yeah. Yep. <gasps> so <sighs> sick. Amazing. Daniel Van Beers, I don't know if you know who he is, from Detector. He did more like, I mean, he was really into the Japanese scene, and he introduced me to a lot of that stuff. He here, lives here in Long Beach. Hmm. Um, oh, cool. He did more like girl pop noise bands and stuff like that. But The name know, is like, insanely familiar. What about uh, <laughs> what about Eldon? Were you, uh, were you in contact oh, yeah. with Eldon? Yeah. 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 Awesome. And, um, total, total maniac. I think... Uh, Damien was probably another big influence with the Japanese guys. Yeah. He probably put me in touch with mm-hmm. a lot of them. But once I met Koji, that was it. I mean, I had open door to everybody at that point. 
Yeah. Wow. Man. Yeah, the things that he helped out with, just exposed. I mean, he was just obviously just such a... Such a wonderful, like, conduit, a, a liaison for everybody, um, and just, you know, connecting people with the people they need to meet. Um, yeah, just so much value in what he did. He was a force, no doubt about it. Mm. Definitely. Wow, man. This is yeah. awesome. This is so cool talking to you. I know, this is so I cool. know. Let's keep him on the phone for Just three for or four hours. Ten more hours. <laughs> we're gonna I only actually, have 30 more questions. So now the portion, we're going to literally go over every single pinch loaf release. We need detailed information. No, I'm <laughs> or, no. Okay. How about, how no. about, how about favorite? Now we talk about, how about favorite packaging from pinch loaf? And we talked about the MSPR being the kind of most challenging. Mm-hmm. How about, how about, is there one that stands mm-hmm. out as your favorite? I don't know. You're asking me to choose one of my favorite children. That's right. We are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. How about, how about favorite packaging of not pendulum of anything else? Is there one, is there one or two in particular? Like that is always been my favorite. I don't know. I have like this new blockaders. uh, Trying to think it's a split. But it's in it, and it's in this metal box wrapped in twine, and like I think it has like the names cut out with a, a welder or something. I don't know. It's Ooh, it's just sick. A, it's super super rare, and it's just so bitching looking. Uh, that's, that's one of my favorites, and of course it's advanced MSBR, all of MSBR yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm lucky enough to have all of those, and I just I take them out, and I just I'm in awe every time. It's like God, these are crazy. And what was the address of that storage unit again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, we're just going to go check on it. Uh, you know, just make, make sure yeah, it's, it's okay. It's, it is brutally hot, uh, so we just need to go make sure everything's okay. We don't want it to have, warp. Yeah, to get through me first. <laughs> awesome, wow. man. Awesome. No, you guys well, are welcome to come over and check it out anytime. I'll pull out what, all the boxes. And you can... I think we're going to have to, I, like I said, we really do the, the idea of doing a video uh, episodes where we do talk about mm-hmm. and look at these things are something that we absolutely well, have. People in... don't get to see them in person or even on video very frequently. Yeah. You know, it's and like to make... have them, have them in your hands and touch them. It's, yeah. It's, I don't know something about that artwork. It's, it's really special. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, hard to find you know there's not that many of yeah. them out there and yeah and to, to have a bunch of them in front of you and like pick them up and touch them all and look at them all it's oh. special yeah it really is put them in your purse and take them home with you uh. Oops. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no awesome. but there is something like because it's been like touched by the creator well, like you know that's... like you get a mass-produced you know, something else. They're amazing. They're amazing, but at the same time, like the special packaging, you know that they had a hand in it, and that's so cool to like, you know, feel that energy. But again, I think, you know, Eric obviously traveled both worlds, you know, the special packaging and the... What what is more satisfying to you? Oh. Special packaging. Yeah. I have a, definitely have a soft spot for that kind of stuff. I love, I love that physical art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's something I would love to do again, actually. Yeah. And I, I, like I said, I kind of regret ending Pinchalove because it was yeah. really, it was really fun. Right. Yeah. But I just couldn't do them both. 
Yeah. Yeah, you got had a few things going on. A little bit, yeah. I was a little busy. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Eric, thank you so much. This was incredible. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, really. Uh, such a pleasure. It. I'm glad uh, you reached out. Oh, we're we're thrilled to talk to you. Can't wait to talk to you more. Do this again. Like I said, come over, do some videos. Uh, and like we say, we will have the link on the show page. Go buy Ground Fault CDs directly yes. from Eric. And not, I mean, and not only Ground Fault CDs, he's got a great, he still has some great stuff, uh, Distroed. Yeah, like uh, I said, I'm, I'm unloading everything because I can't take it with me to the grave. So, I, you know, <laughs> it's time to start selling some of this stuff. I've got so much of it. It's unbelievable. Let's awesome. empty out his storage unit. Yes, we are. I Our goal is to to uh, clear you out, but then, but not too much because we want that ground fault box set. We do. Yes. <laughs> we need that. So gotta we got to keep a, got to keep a few uh, on the side. Yeah. We don't have those bonus three but, inches. Yeah. So. Yeah. But let's, uh, let's figure that out. And, uh, but yeah, please everyone go by directly from Eric. Take a chance it, it, like, on something. That's yeah, the take thing. A take a chance on yeah. something. Every single time, every single time I order, and like I said, we have a ton, but we still don't have all of them. Uh, I always get stuff that I'm not a hundred percent sure it is, and it becomes, it almost inevitably becomes uh, a new favorite. And yeah, they're you know, curated. And like I think one thing we've we've kind of talked about what a lot of the Groundfall CDs, and especially the the series one and two CDs, in this you know a lot of not not a lot of going out. Everyone's kind of in. Hearing a lot of that stuff, it, it kind of takes you out of where you are, especially mm-hmm. like an Eric Lacasa, especially like Alano Marchetti. Actually, the, the the Contagious Orgasm CD is really what kicked off our yes, it is. this Absolutely. year's kind of uh, zone, and especially uh, the Groundfall Zone. That Contagious Orgasm CD is a monster. Yeah, it takes you on such a journey like within your jungle. own mind. You're like it's hanging so out in good. the jungle on yeah. that one. Oh yeah. man! So take a chance, get something that you a name that you might know. Grab three or four that you don't know, but whatever you do, go get it. Right on. Heck yeah, man. All right, Eric. Well, thank you so much. All right. Uh, Thank you all very much. Nice chatting with you. You too. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years. By Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noise extra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.